Hi, this is Donna Otto in a continuing series about preparation for Easter. We model this time as a church out of the life of Christ who set aside 40 days to go in the wilderness. Every time I read that passage, I smile and am staggered. I have done some physical food fasting, and I I can't tell you how much I think about food on the day that I fast. I think about food, and if it's just giving up a meal, I can't tell you how much um, I think about food. It's everywhere. It's just everywhere. And I'm always amazed at how many um, icons there are of food in this world, in the newspaper, in magazines, on billboards, on TV. Oh, my goodness. You can have any food fix you can imagine by watching TV. And here we see that Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 4, returned from the Jordan where he had been baptized and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So my interpretation of that very loosely is that the Holy Spirit empowered him and said to him, now this is the time, go out and have some time alone in the wilderness, wilderness being quiet, set aside. And you know, mamas, uh, so many times young women say to me, oh, I can't wait till I'm your age. Believe me, you can wait. <laughs> but uh, y you have the freedom. You know, girls, you hire a babysitter to do lots of things. Hire a babysitter for two hours or four hours or a day. Play switch with a friend and watch her kids all day and find some wilderness. It may be a wilderness for you just to have your house empty. I remember when I first started setting aside quiet time, the house was not a good place for me to be. It was too distracting. It was like the early years of my prayer life, which we're going to talk about this week a little bit about prayer. I was too distracted. I was just too distracted. I always wanted to get up and water a plant or take care of some piece of activity that needed to be taken care of, the pile of mail that I didn't finish, phone call that needed to be returned. You know what I'm talking about. So the house was my least favorite place. Now I have disciplined myself, actually, to be able to do this. But Christ went to the wilderness. What is your wilderness? for 40 days being tempted by the devil. And then that last part of verse 2 says, and he ate nothing during those days. You know, I, I, still am, I still have to read that twice and to believe it. And he ate nothing during those days, during those 40 days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. <laughs> I, I guess so. He was hungry. What does that mean? And what does it mean for us to be fasting. At the end of 40 days, I would like for you to be able to answer some questions. And we have put some questions on the website, and I think they're called questions of examination. They are free resource. Don't be overwhelmed by the number of questions. We just gave you as many as we possibly could. What's the purpose in setting aside 40 days? Well, that we'd go back to that passage we found in Matthew that said, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare your heart for the way of the Lord. Not just so you can fast giving up something. I'm going to talk about giving up just now. But that at the end of these 40 days, you will be different. You will be changed. So we see that Christ fasted for these 40 days. 
The word fasting is found all through the scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, often found in sacrifice and praise. And I've often thought that that was a natural play of concepts because when I sacrifice, I do have a sense of praise. I do have a sense of being concentrating on on God and on the things that he's called me to. And then in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We read these words. And when you fast, and when you fast. It doesn't say, and if you fast, and it doesn't say, if you decide to fast, or if you consider that you might fast. It's like the natural assumption, and when you fast. And then he gives us, as always, gives us such clear direction do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. I have a close friend who overdoes, overworks, overdoes so much. And then when I see her, she looks gloomy. That's a great word. That's how she looks. <sighs> she says. And, and her face is exhausted. Well, she is exhausted. Her face looks exhausted. Um, I remember walking away from her one day, and I thought, you know, I don't really feel sorry for her at all. And the more she looks gloomy, the less I feel sorry for her because she overdoes so much. And these, this was intentional. Now, I don't know if my friend is intentional looking gloomy, but in these days, the hypocrites, they... They intentionally look like, oh, woe is me. If you could put your wrist up to your forehead, as in some 1920s movie, oh, woe is me, I look gloomy. Why do you look gloomy? Because I'm fasting. And then he says, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. They want everybody to know this sacrificial thing they're doing. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Now, I'm not going to spend time here about this getting reward on earth or getting reward in heaven. But I just want to concentrate on what Christ is calling us to. And he says, but when you fast, again, two times in these four verses or three verses, and when you fast, uh, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I have this experience in my life. I have a close friend who lives in my neighborhood, and I'm so grateful she lives in my neighborhood, and she just pops in. And um, she always calls before she pops in. Well, not always, but she most often calls. So um, she pops in, and she has lunch, she just pops in with two bags full of my favorite lunch. And I was in my gown, and it was the middle of the day, and it was a day I had set aside to be at home and to fast. And I, this, this came to me, like this, this passage, and I thought, <gasps> okay, but I want to keep it quiet. But then I don't, you see that? Okay, now that's an entirely different situation, Donna. This is not about broadcasting it. She came, she brought lunch, I wasn't going to eat it. I had to at least tell her, and I said, oh, I'm fasting today. And it was interesting to me, because uh, the look on her face, I thought, well, saying that to someone has a unique effect on the other person. Maybe it's, I wish I were fasting, or maybe 
how do you fast, or maybe whatever they're thinking. So what Christ is calling us to is not to do it hypocritically so you get all the reward. Isn't she wonderful? She's fasting. But we're not talking about the exception to the rule of a friend who pops in with lunch or your family who may need to know that you've chosen to fast. So what is fasting? It's abstaining from something and clinging to something else. And of the things that I've learned about fasting, uh, one thing I know is that when I fast from food, and there are many things to fast from, when I fast from food, I think about food all the time. And I remember clearly coming to what I was really called to do. The fasting part wasn't that big a deal. And maybe that's because I have enough body fat to keep me alive for a long time. Maybe you, maybe you feel the same way. We all do. We all, certainly Americans do. But it was the fact that I was detaching from food so I could attach to God. That, that was the whole, that was the lesson for me to learn, that I was fasting, that I was giving up and fasting myself, affixing myself, attaching myself, clinging myself to Jesus. My grandson um, got the idea about giving up something for Lent. And giving up something for Lent during these days of preparation was just, again, by means of connecting with the idea of sacrifice. Especially we Americans, Western civilization, what is it that we really are sacrificial about? I mean, giving up a meal is barely sacrificial. But what is it that we do on a regular basis that's sacrificial? I think that's a part of our walk of faith, and we have this opportunity to give up something. Or in my case, I would say to you, maybe God's not only asking you to give up something, maybe he's asking you to add something, to add a discipline, to add something you haven't made time for. But my grandson got this idea about giving up. And he said to me, Nana, what are you giving up? And I thought, now here's another opportunity for me to teach. You know, I love to teach. And I thought, well, Samuel, that's kind of a private thing what we give up. Well, why is that? And we went off on to talking about why we give up something and the sacrifice and it's done between us and the Lord. And then I said, it's usually giving up something you really like. And then I said back to him, well, Samuel, are you giving up anything this year? And he said, nope. <laughs> and off we went, nope. So I'm always amazed at how it strikes me as not a part of my routine, especially if I'm fasting a meal. Uh, this happened to me within the last five or six months. I had just decided to fast the noon meal. And I, I was doing it for a specific reason. And I was in my home, and it was getting near lunchtime. And I thought, snack. And I literally went to the refrigerator, got out the food for the snack. This is the day that I'm fasting for lunch, okay? And I mean, I'd made this plan. And I got out the food for the snack, and I took the snack into my mouth and took the bite. As I took the bite and began to chew, I thought, <gasps> fasting. That's how habitual so many things in our life are. So this giving up something is not necessarily fasting from food. Most of us are familiar with the practice of fasting and that we are encouraged to engage in giving it up for spiritual reasons. 
But really, what is it? What's the purpose of it? Why do it? We've talked about that a little bit. But what about giving something else up besides food? Did you ever give up something you really enjoyed? Samuel, uh, what are you going to give up? Nope, I'm not giving up anything because I don't want to give up something I like. What might it be for him? His Legos. Maybe it's your TV. Or maybe it's reading. Or um, how about the critical fast from saying anything unkind to your husband. The main point of fasting is that it becomes a spiritual discipline that draws us closer to God, away from ourselves, away from what for many of us is an all-consuming self. We eliminate one more reason, one more activity that keeps us distracted and away from God. I suppose this... uh, me being the center of the universe is not something that we're comfortable in, but the reality is that in our culture we are very indulged and very pampered. And so, not just for lip service, but that we might draw ourselves to the sacrifice and understand the seriousness of one Christ sacrifice, not only his 40 days of temptation and fasting, but his crucifixion. He fasted. He explains to us that it should be a part of our way. There are many portions in Scripture, and I'm just going to give you a few. 1 Samuel 7 and 6, Nehemiah 1 and 4. And there's also one in 2 Samuel 12, 16 through 20, because it shows David when he is fasting and hopes to spare the life of the child that he and Bathsheba had conceived. And then, of course, the passage I just read to you out of the Sermon on the Mount. So, what does fasting look like to us? It's a simple obedience to the scripture. It's a time of denial. Maybe that's another word for fasting, denying yourself of something. I will never forget the first time I gave up my favorite food. It was years ago. And my favorite food, uh, for anyone who has listened to me long enough to know, it's coffee. People have accused me of being addicted to coffee, and I think they would be right. If I do give up coffee, I always get a headache because I I miss the caffeine. And I only drink coffee in the morning. I don't drink it all day as I once did or at night or any of those things. And I decided that if there was really something that I would miss, um, there aren't a lot of other things, especially with regard to food, that I would miss. And so I gave up coffee. And um, every day, every, it was, it was, amazing to me how many times I thought about coffee or saw coffee. I went by a coffee shop. Or when the meal was over, they'd say, would you like coffee? And I told a a few people about it because people saw me not making coffee, especially my husband. And that year, we had chose to spend Easter and that weekend with our San Francisco family. I can tell you that on Easter morning, there was a resurrection of my spirit. (laughs) I don't mean to make light of that that I was going to have my coffee. It was a very aware time of giving up something that I really value, coffee, physical, simple thing. And Christ wants us to have opportunities. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be gargantuan. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be new, fast for 40 days without eating or go to the wilderness and pray for 40 days. I'm just asking you to consider at this time in our journey toward Easter that you might give up something or you might add to 
Maybe it's before you go to bed, a five-minute reading, which you don't normally read, something that would draw you to Christ. Fasting. I pray that you will consider that this week, an exercise of spiritual fasting of some sort that would draw you closer to Christ. We are so glad that you joined us today. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it an uncommon day.